Hello and welcome to Salt of the Earth. This show is about the people making a difference in farm and food at home and abroad. Ireland has some of the best food in the world and this podcast is about connecting the people who produce this food with the people who eat it. Salt of the Earth is proud to be part of both the Farm and Rural Ag Network and the Eat Farm Now Network. For more great ag-related podcasts, videos and blogs, just visit farmruralag.com or eatfarmnow.com. My name is Brendan Byrne and on today's show we are with Cyril Wheelock, who with his wife Margaret runs Wheelock Fruits. The Wheelock family have been growing fruit near Innescorthy in the heart of the Wexford countryside since the 1950s. As well as being a fruit grower, Cyril has offered a hoof trimming service to a large network of farmers in the southeast of Ireland. Cyril and Margaret have recently diversified their fruit farm business into a farm shop and restaurant. Hello Cyril, you're very welcome to today's show. Thank you Brendan, you're more than welcome to the village at Wheelocks. So tell us, for people who don't know where you're located, you're, you're on the outskirts of Innescorthy town, but we're not, Vinegar Hill is just a little bit over there, just... We're just at the other side of Vinegar Hill from Innescorthy as you're standing in the town, two miles outside of town. Uh, very good. So it's a historic area. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you have the Father Murphy Centre just over the other side from us and all the history that goes there as well. Very good. So, so I suppose, to tell us a bit about your, your, your background in, in fruit. You're, you're from actually the, the, the other side of Innescorthy. You grew up in... in, in uh, Davistown. Davistown, that's right. Yeah, correct. Uh, grew up in Davistown, went to Davistown National School. Um, my mother and father, George and Lil Wheelock, had field-grown strawberries. That was the market that was there at that time. They were for Chibbers, Robinsons. They were uh, for processing. They were going... For jam. For jam. Jam. Jam and uh, processed and uh, sent to England and places like that for jam and all those kind of things. And that was uh, produced in the, in the ground. Uh, there was probably, I think, around 1,200 growers. Back in what time? But uh, the 70s, 60s, 70s, 60s, 70s, along yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, they probably started in the mid-50s. There's lots of people that were the first grower of strawberries in, in Wexford. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think it's the man in Adamstown was the first grower anyway, really. But um, So I was involved in the strawberry industry then with my mother and father. Uh, everyone talks about picking strawberries, but um, as we were growing them, the picking was only for, we say, four weeks in the middle of the summer, but then they had to be maintained all year. And that time it was difficult. It was hoeing and scuffling and just manual way. The same was with doing every crop that time. It was more manual. So we, the whole pro, the whole industry has pros, progressed along then from there. Very good. So what else was on the farm at home? What other? Ah, we, we milked cows by hand. Uh, then we uh, had some sheep. It was just a mixed, mixed. As, as all things were at that stage, it was all mixed. We were building a milking parlour on the 12th of the 6th, 72. My father went to Roadstone with a tractor and trailer for a load of filling for, to build the milking parlour. As we were progressing that direction to put in the milking parlour to start manually making the cows. And he got killed off the tractor in Roadstone. But anyway, still a bee, that's, that's life. That was, them things happen. What age were you then, sir? I was 40, coming 14. So a tremendous shock, at any age. Oh, at any age, yeah. yeah. And uh, the way I look on it, uh, uh, normally let it be, it, it must have been terrible for my mother. 
you know what I mean? That she had to take up the mantle then and go with it, but sure. As I say, like any of us, there's everyone have uh, crosses to bear and some of them are always not uh, visible. But uh, sure, she did it and I think she did a good job, a reasonably good job on us anyway. Well, with the materials she had to work with. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you were in school at the time, so what happened then? Well, um, in school at the time then, so between us then we decided that I'd stay at home and start milking the cows and build up the, the dairy herd and so I never sat an exam, an official exam in my lifetime. Wow. <laughs> so that was it and uh, I'm not disappointed like the way I look on it. If I wanted to do my intercert, junior cert, whatever, and my leaving cert, I can still do it. There's, there's, I don't feel any barriers within myself. It's just not something that's on my list, my bucket list, I suppose. <laughs> Call it what you like. But it's not on my list to do anyway, to go back to the education system and go there. I don't feel I'm, don't feel I've lost out too much. I've had a good education in life. Yeah, the university of farming life, I suppose. Farming life and life in general. So, on the strawberry front then, how did that, how did that... Well, as I say then, in my teenage years then, I started... Uh, um, the processing was coming under pressure anyway. Um, and why was that? Cheaper labour in other countries. They could get the strawberries picked and maintained and all like that. In other countries, much cheaper. So, it's like all supermarkets, all people now, nowadays even, they don't mind where to source them. It's only a phone call to them, whether they're ringing Wheeler Fruits looking for the strawberries or it's someone in Poland or England or wherever. It's, it's much easier now, it's only an email and the produce arrives in. But it was the same then anyway, they the could get them sourcing much cheaper from other countries because of labour and things like that. And that was just putting pressure on the Irish market. And I think now in Wexford we are probably less than 20 growers left left at the moment okay. and out of those 20 i would consider our enterprise here to be on the strawberry growing end of it to be small on the smaller end of the scale we plant around forty thousand plants there's probably a couple of growers here in wexford planting a million million and a half i'm not sure but up around that scale anyway so but that's the direction we've gone then. We, we decided then not to go for the process. I've never gone the process and then we went fresh fruit. And why was that? I never wanted to just grow bigger and have lots of acres of stuff. That didn't float my boat at the time. So I just wanted to pick a few strawberries, happy, happy enough doing the strawberries and sell them to the consumer. And that was the direction I wanted to go. I suppose we should say, for anybody who's not familiar with, with the county of Wexford, which is based in the southeast of Ireland, a coastal county, it's well known for Wexford strawberries, for, for, like, for taste and flavour throughout the country. Well, the way I look on it, Wexford strawberries are a brand. And if a supermarket was, was to create a brand, it cost millions. But that brand was created by strawberry growers, growing good quality produce and then going along the roadsides and selling them and you can easily give yourself a bad name as a good name so it was by constantly having good quality that the Wexford strawberries and they are a brand and they are famous thanks be to God and I'm, I'm actually delighted to be part of that brand 
of Wexford Strawberries. I think it's brilliant to be part of such a, a good brand. Like. Absolutely. So as you approach your late teens, what, what was your next step in the process? Well, you see, was, I was growing in, in the field then and uh, kept growing in the field and then I got, got married to Margaret, Margaret's Tonroach lady and Margaret bought into the idea of the strawberries and uh, yeah, there's plenty of work with them and it's not easy work but that's if you enjoy like what I always say if you enjoy your work you'd never work a day in your lifetime so um, I enjoyed the strawberries so then when we got married we started to well we wanted to get our own piece of land anyway so we bought here in Finchog as I say outside just outside of Vinegar Hill so we bought here what year, what year was that? 1990 very good and strawberries is a, need to be rotated and with um, 16 acres of land we knew we weren't going to be able to rotate the crop in the ground here for very long we were going to get run out and then we were considering sterilising the soil and we considered all the options we travelled across Europe uh, looking at um, different production ways and to Hull in Spain and England and all those things just to decide what direction we wanted to go. We considered then renting land in the area and growing our strawberries there. That was, and then we, we decided to go for tabletop system where we grow them in, in um, peat and the picking then is much easier. Uh, you're not on the ground, you don't have your nose in the ground and your backside cocked up and you're going along. Everything was much easier then. People talk about the picking, but like all the maintenance, like the plant and uh, cutting of runners, every job is much easier when it's at um, hand height. Anybody that's ever picked strawberries as a youngster will, will empathise exactly with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, lots of sure. Like, I, I feel a little bit, uh, what would I say, I don't know what I'd put it, but. There's an awful lot of people in Wexford that know an awful, and people that have even given up growing strawberries, know an awful lot more about growing strawberries than we do. But sure, we do our own little thing, and we get on with it, and that's it. So, in in the polytunnels at at, at, at hand height to, to pick, you developed, and what did that mean for extending the season? Yes, that was part of the reason uh, to make it le easier for the labour, and then to extend the season. Now we're going from. The first week in May till October, that's our season now. And uh, we, earlier in the season you sell more and then as it come to July and August, but then we taper our, our um, organize our planting to suit what we're selling. We try to grow what we sell and sell what we grow. That's our mm -hmm. ambition is just to not buy ourselves strawberries ourselves if we can at all. And where do you sell, you know, historically, where did you, where did you start off selling? Oh, we started on roadside sales. Very good. And kept building the roadside sales then. And then obviously, as we were building our roadside sales, our production had to meet that. And that's what it was. That's the way it went. And uh, that's the direction we went. And that's the kind of led us into the village at Wheelock's then. That's why we went. Well, so we had three chaps then, George, Thomas and Warren. And uh, they never said they were bored. <laughs> because there was always something happening here. Do you know what I mean? It's just, when you're in strawberries and all, or any business, possibly when you run your own business, there's always something happening. So like we've done an awful lot of the construction, the building ourselves here. 
So they were involved with the building and the growing and they've all sold strawberries as I have myself sat on the side of the road and sold strawberries, all those things. But uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic way of learning life skills. You learn so much with the building, with the selling. When you're dealing with the public, it just educates you just in, in life as when you're interacting with people and the things, different things that people will do and all like that. So selling strawberries, it, I think it's a fantastic way of learning for life skills. So yeah, a great service to people and being able to, and for the children, for the kids I suppose to do that as well, is it was a mighty thing. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, I think we've lost our way a little bit now in general, like that uh, youngsters can't pick strawberries and can't, and I've, uh, I've no interest at all in abusing people and but, a little bit of work, I, I, I think it, it it's in how are you going to learn it if you're 20 years of age, 25 years of age, but before you've actually done a day's work, it's very hard to pick up on it then. Yeah, but that's only my opinion. I tend to agree, we've all worked pulling pints or picking strawberries at 15 or 16, yeah. Know, so I, I would tend to agree with you on that, you know. Yeah, possibly we shouldn't say it, but anyway, I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we grew up with, isn't it? Absolutely, and I, and I did, yeah. didn't do me a bit of harm. So you're not, you know, you're not shy, you know, you're, you have an outgoing personality, uh, a sunny personality. So where's that from, do you think? Well, thank you for a start, anyway. Actually, I'm sure that uh, all the, I was quite shy when I was young. But then the fact that I start, I had another, when we got married, Margaret worked as a civil servant. And then I was, um, I started with the farm leave service and I was going around doing relief making and uh, they were looking for someone to go to do hoof care. That's looking after lame cows. So I went on and done a couple of courses in that. And sure, I was pairing trimming cows feet for 40 years. And um, I did that all over the southeast and- What counties? Oh, the, all our neighboring counties, Wicklow, Kilkenny, a lot up around Kilkenny, not as much Wicklow, Kilkenny, Carlow, Waterford, all the, surrounding areas and all of Wexford which are like Wexford from Gorey down to the Hook it's a long way Wexford is a big county but I covered the whole county uh, I might go in and pair one cow for a farmer that was lame and put a shoe on her and all like that or I might um, do the whole herd in the winter time of the year and just go in and just check them out and get them ready for the following year and that was that um, I was shy when I started that job but after 40 years I wasn't shy and I leaving the job I retired there just a couple of weeks ago. Very good. To balance the new the new uh, launch of, of, of Wheelux here. Yeah, I suppose I should have said it when I was talking about, uh, you meet fantastic people. I think farmers are the salt of the earth. I honestly believe and have believed for years, if I wanted to find out about anything, I have such a network of people there in the farm and line that I know they're involved in all kinds of different businesses that they have. And uh, thanks be to God, I feel at this stage, I could just pick up the phone and uh, talk to any of them. And just as I was, we were talking there about kind of knocking the corners off you when you start in your own business. I remember, oh, years ago, the man has well passed on now, but um, he rang me about pairing a few cows and he, I had heard a little bit about of the man's history before, but um, he, I, he discussed, I won't say hard, he discussed with me the price I was charging for about 20 minutes, half an hour. And eventually I just had to say to him, 
listen here, you either want me or you don't want me. And obviously he, I went on and I paired from him and I never had a bother with the man. So it's them things sharpen you up and that's what sets you up for life. It's life experiences, that's what it is and that's it and it's brilliant. How did you go about building the business at that time? You know, was word of mouth, uh, you know, farmer to farmer or did you go knocking on doors or how did it work? I put an ad in the Echo for one or two weeks when I started, started on my own. And that was it, it was all word of mouth. See, I, I had other businesses, see, I, I done a few little jobs <laughs> along the way. Like when, when I started the healthcare, I was obviously, I was growing the strawberries. I used to shear sheep. I used to do the sheep dipping job in the autumn for the council. I was doing relief milking. And I had, Asher, I had 350 yards of my own as well. So I had enough to keep going. And as the healthcare started to get busy, I would drop the, because I, I love the healthcare. I, 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 why, why? Sorry? Why? Why did I love it? Well, you're, you're moving around and you're dealing with different people. And as I said, farmers are salted the earth. And when you're dealing with genuine people, it makes life so, uh, so easy. What I said the whole time was, uh, the farmers I dealt with, uh, they didn't want to cod me, and they didn't want me to cod them. And that was what I felt the arrangement was, and it worked very well. And I think I had now, um, I think I had an act for the foot trimming. But I got on well anyway, so like in the latter end there for the no, last number of years I was passing on work to other people because I couldn't keep up with the amount of work I had and that was even before the big increase into the dairy farms and now uh, I was at it on my own for a number of years in the county and now there's probably five other lads. So it was a, it was a growing industry anyway. Which was good. Yeah, and it was great to be involved in something that was growing and had potential to grow. And the same as I did with the strawberries then, I travelled across shows across Ireland, England to get the latest technology in foot trimming and done different courses and all like that. And I was involved then in setting up an association for foot trimmers, ICFTA, Irish Cattle Foot Trimmers Association. And I was the first chairman for a couple of years. So we set up an association just to raise the standards of foot trimming in general in Ireland. And I was delighted to be involved in that. And that association now is um, going from strength to strength. I am presently the secretary, but the AGM now is in a couple of weeks time. So I'll probably be stepping down from that association now that I'm not involved in the foot trimming. But I, I, I wish them all the best and it's a fantastic organization. It just raises the standards and uh, we, do, we brought in the top guys from Holland and other countries, even now, at the AGM this year, we have an open, bit of an open day, and um, Aaron Levi is coming in from America, just to give the foot trimmers a little, um, a little discussion and a little talk on foot trimming, and just to make everyone aware of different techniques and all like that, and different, uh, we've brought in crushes from all over the world, just to show people and- Improve, to improve the standard. Improve the standard of everybody. So I, I was delighted to be involved in that. And uh, same thing, it's the same thing as life experiences. You learn to be part of an association and all like that. Great stuff. Was it difficult to balance the strawberries then? You know, summertime and, and the hoof trimming? How did you find that? Uh, well, what we did for years, you see, as I say, Margaret worked as civil servant. So the model we had in the beginning then was that um, 
we got in help of a Saturday and we had our own lads at different stages then when they were in college and different things. And we did the work of a Saturday and then Margaret would, um, when we were picking the strawberries and all like that, I would stay trimming the cow's feet and Margaret would, uh, in the latter number of years, she would take uh, and term time, she'd take off three months in the summer to run the strawberry business. And then, as I say, we would do the a lot of the work on the Saturdays then and Margaret retired then about five years ago and she uh, started developing the strawberry business then. Excellent. So we're, we're, we're here now, just describe where we are. We're in the sunroom now in the village at Wheelox and we have tunnels, glass tunnels, polythene tunnels and this was built when? When was it, when was it developed? We probably started around uh, 93, 94 along there. Right, we bought 16 acres of land. My intention in the beginning then, because I told you I had sheep, was to, there was a little bit of wetland on the bottom down there. We were going to keep 100 sheep and lamb them at Christmas and have early lambs, and I thought that might suit. But as things progressed, uh, we decided not to do that. We planted the woodland down there, and then we worked on the strawberries. Where we're actually standing now, this we built our first lot of tunnels here. There were six tunnels, a hundred yards long, and uh, we walked away on them. Then we built different lots of tunnels. You see, there'd be no point in having all the one type of tunnel because you had to spread out. We the variety that we were sowing there for years was as and to, and to, to you treat them slightly different. It's the same plant, but you treat them slightly different to get them to come early, and then for mid season and then for later crop. So, but we had to build um, different tunnels then to suit the different production. So like the French then that we had here, just called the French type tunnel. Uh, they were here, they were the ones we built first. And see, it's, it's like everything. And in hindsight, if we had to know where we were going to end up, we might have uh, built the place, planned the place differently. But in our wildest dreams, when we built our first tunnel, tunnels here, we couldn't imagine they would have developed into what it is there at the moment. Oh, very good. And what it is is that you have a, a farm shop and a restaurant here. Just the location. Just explain how, you know, what was the kind of light bulb moment, you know, with the, with the bypass around Inescorti, with the motorway. What, how did that develop? Sir. Yeah, for years we were, myself and Margaret, we can't even remember now who came up with the idea. We just don't know, and sure it doesn't matter anyway, because um, we both bought into the idea. So we were travelling over Ireland, England, and parts of Europe, just looking at farm shops. And eventually then, it's like all things, we can, you can discuss a thing for so long, and either have to kind of do it or forget about it then. So we decided we were going to do it then. So like, so it was definitely over 10 years in our heads. And after a few years then we said, it's time to move on now, we're going for it. So we put in planning permission for a restaurant and we're out in the courtyard area now, there's a little sunroom out here that we have um, different christening, you can have functions here, christenings, confirmations. And we have an 80 seater restaurant now, neither myself or Margaret, like, I can't buy water. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we didn't uh, know anything about it. Although you made a grand cup of tea there, you know, you might have boiled the water. But. Well, sure. <laughs> but 
but I made a cup of tea, yes. And I offered you one, but you wouldn't have the one anyway. Um, so, and now so far, we're a year into it, almost a year into it now, and we're going extremely well. And touch wood, I'm going to tip the table now. <laughs> touch wood, so far, we haven't looked for staff yet. All the staff have come to us. And uh, it's the same thing. Maybe I shouldn't say this, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. If we went into the kitchen there, there's three or four chefs. They're on different times and all like that. We're open from half eight in the morning till six in the evening, seven days a week. But if we went into the kitchen there and there was a chef in there and they were giving out to the people that were working there with him, it's not the business, that's not the type of business we want to have. We've had a family business all our lifetime and just because we've opened the restaurant and all the other add-ons, we don't want things to change. It's a family business we want. I think that's the main aim that we have that I will be here, if I'm passing in there now after this interview is done and there's plates on a table, I'll see them, I'll take them with them. It doesn't make any difference. I can like go up and I'll be at the strawberries and, and the phone will ring, there's something they want something in the kitchen. That's what I'm there to do. And Margaret's the same. We we do whatever we it's need to be done at the time. And I think that's the way the place and people like I think people like working here anyway and I think it's it's brilliant to have it that way. Well I have to say you can see that the hospitality is with a big H here and there's no doubt about that, you know. So your 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 ambition and how are you going to reach it? Like you, you give me a little tour around, you have, you know, just through the season, how does it work here, what, what way are you working it? Right, well, I suppose we could even take a little walk in our minds. Uh, you come into the car park, you come through the restaurant then, and as I say, it's 80-seater restaurant, uh, there's a farm shop. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we had Chris O'Connor here, he's uh, doing the, the timber work for us, he's uh, developing the farm shop. So it was always part of the farm shop, but it wasn't really stocked near as well as we would have hoped it. And um, having the finance to stock it is a major thing. But like we're happy enough to take it a little bit easy. But most people say we're doing a lot of things here, but we feel we're taking it easier on because it costs so much to stock it. But now we're, we're moving on on that line of the things that we're going to develop the farm shop. So you come in then and your farm shop is on your left and um, you come to the restaurant, you come out in the courtyard then, there's an area here at the back then that's cobbled, there's outdoor seating, uh, lots of uh, seats, and then we're in the sunroom here, that's for functions. Out behind us then, we're looking at it there now, there's a plastic tunnel, and we had strawberries in that there from May, probably June, they were uh, flavory, they're a new variety that we tried, uh, from May, uh, end of May, till two weeks ago. So two weeks ago then, we started getting ready for Halloween. So um, we built a tunnel in a way that we could clean out the insides of it and take down the strawberry, the tabletops, take out all the strawberries, and within 10 days, that was turned into our Halloween experience. So you come in, there's part of the tunnel then covered with, just covered out and blacked out, and we have lights and we have all the scary things and you go out then through that and there's all pumpkins out and laid out on the ground so you can come in and pick your own pumpkin that you grow here yeah yeah we grow most of the pumpkins here as well and then you can go down around the, 
there's a woodland walk then uh, down along there then and we have some farm animals over at the other side we have uh, different farm animals it's a working farm we're just going for normal farm you know, sheep pigs cow and calf that kind of thing and up at the top end of it then we have a half an acre of a glass house there we have different tunnels and we grow strawberries now we've um, in the last couple of years because we're uh, sticking our toe into growing different fruits to just coincide with the farm shop and to give people the you can come here and see the, the, the strawberries growing and you can come and pick your own strawberries and it's it's unbelievable that even people that are living in the country reared in the country and some of them living on farms they're delighted to come and look at the animals the pigs so for whatever reason things have changed like years ago when you're on a farm you knew everything was going on now people don't children don't seem to know as much that's going on the farm so they're even delighted to come in here and see the strawberries the way they're growing and you can book in here we'll take a tour and tell you all about the strawberries and the way their strawberries grown and all like that oh, that's fantastic tell us um from a business perspective have you had any advice for people that are starting up a business what would you is there anything that sticks out in your mind as regards a bit of advice uh, what would i say to people um you have to be if you're if you like what you're doing for a start and i know it's not always easy like if you're going to open any kind of business like sure you you don't always know what it's going to be like until you actually like we would have had a certain amount of experience here with interacting with people as we did selling the strawberries because we were selling our own produce directly to the customer um just with regard to say this say opening up this new venue here the stress you know but that's stressful and, and are you good at handling stress yes i think i am yeah i don't get flustered that easy like you have to deal with the banks you have to deal with the officials like the different for some reason or other possibly it's all over the world but certainly in ireland we've gone for layers and layers of bureaucracy now, I've dealt here with uh, tradesmen. I couldn't praise them enough. Uh, our own son is an electrician, so he done all the electrical. And about last October, we decided we were going to open in December. And Thomas said to us, you can't, people are busy. They won't uh, have time to get it finished. We won't get the shed finished. We won't get this happening and that happening. So we kind of took on his advice, but we didn't heed it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we overrode Thomas's advice and we put an opening date on it. The minute we put an opening date on it, I couldn't say enough about the genuine, ordinary tradespeople that were here. And the support. And the support, down to a man or a woman or whatever they were. They rode in behind us. We opened on the 15th of December and that was it. Now it was, of course it was stressful. Uh, one of the little things that happened, um, I don't know how it happened or why it happened, and these things will happen with everybody, so don't let anyone think that there won't. We were on the day before we opened, it just came to light, the credit card machines, and as we all know now, we're going to plastic society, everything is credit card. The credit card machines were ordered, but they wouldn't arrive for a week. Well, sure, it was myself, 
Thomas and Margaret, we nearly went into meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> like, we had considered not opening. It was that big of a problem. So how did you get around it? Uh, our accountant and our friend uh, organised the credit card through a business that wasn't working during the winter. So we had, we had the backup of that. So we went on then and we were seriously worried about it until we got the backup and uh, fair play to Jacinta, she helped us out big time on that. But on the day we were open then and like, like opening a business that we knew nothing about, of course we were running around like a little bit like headless chickens. But I can't say enough about local people. The weekend we opened here, uh, it, Enniscorty was flooded, but we were, we were flooded with people here as well. So they were all local people. And like our, on this business here, we have done very little advertising. You could say no official advertising yet. The only advertising we've done is uh, me on Facebook. And I got a message there a while ago, some person that I didn't know at all said to me, I wasn't very good on social media. <laughs> what had happened to me was that uh, I was putting up something about the pumpkins or something like that. And I turned on the phone as best I could. Of course, I turned on the camera and the camera was looking at me and not <laughs> what I was supposed to be looking at. But if that bothers you, there's no point in looking at my videos. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so if you want professionalism on, on social media, you're looking at the wrong, the wrong one. That's a service you're probably not going to go into. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, on opening then, we opened then on the day. I came back then to the, the staff, the lads that were here working away. And about two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I said, and um, we had to get our router then after to boost the signal for the mobile phones and the, the credit card machine and all that. And, that. and that took us a couple of days after opening, that didn't happen either. And uh, we had to go out in the car park to use the credit card machine to get a signal. But that's all fixed now. That's, that's all technology. And you see, no matter who you are or what business you're opening, you can't know everything. So you just have to bring those people with those qualifications on board. But I, as I said, I went back then around 2 o'clock to say, how was the credit card machine working? And was it a major problem? They said, we've had one man asking about credit card machine, but he had cash as well. And like the day before, we were nearly going into meltdown and not opening and all those things. So you kind of, and it's like, as I said, when we put the open, you kinda, if we had all the money in the world, you have to open, you have to get there, and you have to learn and deal with the problems because there'll be such unusual problems will arise as you open in any business. And business is business. It doesn't make any difference what you're, the product you're selling is kind of irrelevant. Do you know what I mean? It's, and, or even if it's a service you're selling, you just have to get on with it and persevere. Good man. So you're getting a lot of support, local support, right? Um, yeah. Fair Juicy, we had a meeting here last week, and thanks again. We had a, a meeting with farmers on soil health and, and, and uh, heart health. But you, uh, from, from further afield then, you're, you're attracting people, and will attract people, I'd imagine, from Dublin or wherever. How are you finding... No. Yeah, well, you see, we're, we're just right beside the bypass and we're visible from the bypass. And like, even at the moment, we haven't even any signs up to say that we're here, but all that will come in time. But 
That's it. That's it. Uh, I lost it. No, you're good. So tell us, what's next for Wheeler Brooks? Is there any, any, you have a Christmas? Oh, yeah. We're, 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 uh, we've just, uh, last uh, Sunday, we brought on our, one of our next attractions is the train. You can see it there, Brendan. Very good. And uh, we'd be doing a Santa here for Christmas, and we're building log cabins down in the wood, and we'll be going on a journey on the train and all like that. So, but we don't, it's not all about getting bigger. What we want to do here is, as I said before, have a family business and do it well. And I would say that's our goal, is to do what we're doing better, rather than getting bigger. Uh, see, on, I was chairman then at the Strawberry Festival, so that's how we advertised and how we got our name out there. By, and I think it's awfully important that people get involved. I don't mind whether it's GA clubs, boxing clubs. It's good for people to get out there. Like, for me, with no education whatsoever, to be chairman of the festival, and the fe like people say the festival has gone down a little bit, but any festival that's gone over 50 years, how many festivals were at way bigger than the Strawberry Festival, but they didn't last years. But for any festival to last over 50 years and to be still going, and I think on the up again, going from strength to strength again. But like for a person like me to be chairman of that, that's how I educated myself. And uh, so then were the life skills and, you have to get out and be part of, let it be the ICA, let it be the IFA, let it be, it's interaction with people. And the more we do of that, I think the better, uh, better society we will be. Absolutely. Again, and Bre Brendan, sorry, just on that meeting that you had here, uh, I'll, you can t say more about that because you more than the, I'm blown away by that meeting that we had here. So maybe you could say a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, briefly it's it was a meeting that we had a number of speakers, and uh, we had a, we had Devonish Nutrition, and we had David Thompson, and we had uh, Kieran Conway from Devonish, who uh, have a new soil improvement program. We're going down the Michelin Star route for soil, which is a good way to go. Uh, we need to look after our soil. We are looking after our soil to enhance food quality, to enhance nutrient quality of food. The nutrient quality of food internationally uh, is declining. In the States, you know, you might want to eat double the amount of broccoli and maybe from imported stuff here as well, you might want to eat double the amount that you did 30 years ago. Now that's significant. When food is just sold on price, you know, it ends up as a commodity. And like, that's why what you're doing here with good food and what Ireland is doing and needs to do more of is to focus on that. But it's also therefore the link between that, and we had Ivor Cummins then here from the Irish Heart Disease Awareness, who promote the calcification test for the heart, which is highly predictive of heart disease. About 10,000 people a year die from heart disease in Ireland. And of course, nutrient and your, your, what you eat has a, has a big influence on the amount of calcium that can build up in your arteries. So it's the link between those, uh, those soil health, the bridge between linking soil health heart health. I'd like to thank you very much for the support and it's something maybe we're going to build on here down in Wexford and maybe be leaders in, you know, from from a, a county and from a, a country perspective. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eye and keep you posted on all that. But part of this podcast, again, is about health. Okay, it's about people making a difference and you're making a difference here in, in uh, at Wheelox Fruits. But again, the other part is keeping fit. You know, so what do you do 
What does Cyril Wheelock do to keep fit? Besides talking to all the customers, <laughs> what does he do to keep fit and healthy? Well, when I opened the restaurant, or we opened the restaurant here, our own kitchen got left behind. For, for a while, even our own fridge was brought. <laughs> Not only everything was in it, but the fridge, the, the physical fridge was brought down here for the first couple of weeks. And all those, uh, Margaret is in antiques and things like that. And she was, over the last year and a half before we opened, she was buying little things to enhance the the feeling in the shop, the charm of the shop, shop and she done well on that. But like there was, our house was full of things and then over the weekend, our house was just all cleaned out and as I said, the fridge was gone and all the knickknacks were brought down to the shop, but it, it really worked in the shop. But we would do most of our eating here in the restaurant. Right. So I just, on the diet end of it, I just have to watch what I eat, like, do you know what I mean? Very good. But see, we're, why I buy into what you were saying here at the meeting, Brendan, is because the type of restaurant here, it's just simple food, I hope, done well. And by the amount of people that are coming in, they're happy with the taste of food. So it's amazing with simple food that you can make it taste well. And that's, that's all we're doing here. So on, and then the amount of walking that I do, I like walking anyway, but the amount of walking here just around the farm, you, you should have a, a pedometer on you, I think, you know. I don't have any, I, I've seen how many thousand steps I do some days. <laughs> but you're, as like I say, when I enjoy walking around here, and I go around and see what the different people are doing in the different areas, and uh, that's what I do, and that's, that's the way I keep fit, and that's it. Listen, sir, it's been great talking to you. We go back a long way, uh, family-wise as well, you know, we've... Uh, links there goes back a good bit in time so we'll draw a line there and thanks very much for the cup of tea before we started here and the hospitality and i wish you ongoing success with this latest venture it mightn't be your last because uh, you know i know you <laughs> <laughs> so again for those who who'd like to find out more about wheelox where are you located first how do people if you come from gory how do you get here you come down the, the new M11. M11 now. You come to Junction 25, you take the Blackwater exit, it's the first exit when you come off the motorway. You go to the Outlet Road, when you come up there, you turn right, keep going right, and you're back in around to us. Y21, YY67 is our postcode. Uh, if you're coming out from Enniscorthy, you come out the Outlet Road and you'll see a sign posted from there. And thanks very much, Brendan. Uh, as always, it's a delight to talk to you. I'm only talking normal, so that's... <laughs> I just say, say it as I see it. And uh, you're more than welcome at the Village of Wheelocks. Our email is uh, wheelockfruits at gmail.com. And your website, you have your, the same thing, is it? Yeah. Wheelockfruits.com. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very good. So listen, sir, thanks again for joining us on Salt of the Earth today. My name is Brendan Byrne, and you have been listening to Salt of the Earth. Catch us on Twitter at Salt Art Era. So until the next time, it's Slaw. Goodbye and good luck.